heartbreaking psyop news. Uh, yeah, we uh, ran into a roadblock on the way to the studio tonight. Tell me more about this roadblock. Well, I was uh, just a few blocks down from your place. The whole intersection was blocked off. Are we talking about police intervention or construction? Yeah, what no, type of blockade are we talking uh, here? Police intervention. A lot of police cars, a lot of yellow tape. Was it a truck filled with donuts? I don't know. No, it, 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 dude, no. Things are getting a little hypersensitive out there these days. No, no. From what I heard, it was a road incident. It was a semi-truck there, uh, another truck was there, and then all the police cars. What do you know about the incident as far as why it was stopped? Are you sure it wasn't a donut-related incident with all uh, the police? Uh, d- dude, what? D- come on, man. just be cool for like five fucking minutes, will ya? What the fuck? Sensationalism sells on the radio. Go with me here. Oh my god, I'm pissing myself over here. No, there wasn't a donut truck, alright? Well, why would the cops have two trucks pulled over if there weren't donuts involved. A road rage incident, man. Road rage? Yeah. There was a blockade outside of the studio no less than a few blocks away. Two trucks, all due to a road rage incident. That's what they're saying. And there were no donuts involved. God damn it, no. No, no donuts. Jesus, what if cops listen to this show? I don't know. (laughs) That is all that we have for the information for this breaking PSYOP news. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, steamy, cruelly and wildistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody dig a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think the whole world will be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hawks and Matt. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. I am joined once again by a very tardy Matt, only this time it is not his fault, sitting across from me in the studio. How's it going? Fuck you, fuck this show, and fuck everyone else. <laughs> well, you get trapped in a little bit of a low roadblock blockade because of a little bit of road rage, all involving donuts from what I hear. No, don't do what? Allegedly. Shh. That's what I heard. Eh, What the fuck? None of this is going to ever make air anyway. We're fucking fine. (laughs) Say wherever the fuck you want tonight. It's not exactly going to make air. No, you're never going to get this out. You put these out on Sundays, right? Oh, you think it's going to be over with before I even get it out on Sunday? Yeah, Saturday we're all fucking dead. Are you fucking serious? No, the rapture is going to happen, so all of our listeners will still be there. Allegedly. Well, I'll be gone, so fuck all of you. (laughs) (laughs) You think you'll be gone, but you will not be gone. I'm all right. (laughs) I'm good enough. Little (laughs) secret, you do this show, 
you're fucked. Ah! You're going to be just as left behind as the rest of us. No, no, no. I'm going. I'll be gone. <laughs> I'll be gone. Everyone else is going to be left. And I'll be gone. Well, it's all horse shit anyway, so you don't have anything to worry about. The celestial body, though. The celestial body. This is like the seventh fucking rapture that was supposed to happen that I've lived through. Always on September 4th, too, except for the 2012 one, which was being December. 24th. Uh, yeah, the 24th. I'm sorry. What did I say? 23rd? I, yeah, oh. September 24th is every, every September 24th, uh, the conspiracy theorist, uh, the, the conspiracy <laughs> theorist sites I, I peruse There's been when one I'm guy bored, that, there was a guy they, like, they go crazy. There's a fucking asshole like two years ago or three years ago that said it was going to be in May. And then there was a bunch of people posting photos of empty clothes everywhere, which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear about the May one. Uh, all the ones I go to, uh, of course, uh, they talked about the Mayan one a few years ago when it was 2012 and uh, then usually it's always september 24th every year is like guaranteed conspiracy theorists either go from end of the world to some weird shit's gonna happen well in the world of the strange i heard that it was actually going to be february 14th really valentine's day bummer (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know how reliable that source is because it was from an alien that made their ship look like the hotel room at the paramus holiday inn or whatever really (laughs) the paramus holiday inn (laughs) i can't remember what it was exactly but are you alice Straighting right now. <laughs> I'm doing. Go- I know. I'm, I'm doing Ghostbusters to too, and you have one. to go back to one. I had to go back to one. Yeah. Although, of the what, two out of two people in this room concur yeah. that Ghostbusters two is much better than people say. Yes, yes, <laughs> it is much better than what people give it credit for. Yeah, it's not on the level of one, but it's still all right. Well, one out of two people will concur with you on that. Oh, wow. you think it's better than one? I didn't say it was better than one. Oh. I enjoy it equally as much. As oh, one. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so. Yeah. It's not that it's I just that one's me- not better as well. Yeah, I have fonder memories of two. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a bunch of people out there that are probably throwing shit at the uh, they really, They're just right freaked now. out. They're like, you can make fun of cops with donuts all you want, but Ghostbusters 2? Almost as good as one? <laughs> Blasphemy! I will have your blood, sir. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of revenge, that yes. segues perfectly into the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's great. Death Sentence, a.k.a. let's just try and make Death Wish again and not tell anybody. Yes. Shh. Shh. <laughs> Everyone just shut up and yeah. no one's going to notice. <laughs> We're going to take a crack at it. With Kevin Bacon's like, hey, guys, am I doing a press tour for this? Oh, shut the fuck up. We got to keep this on the down low. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows about this film, really. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm you, the first time you ever saw it? Yeah. The only reason that I know about it is my tattoo artist, when I was getting my sleeve done, uh-huh. had just bought the Blu-ray, I think, yeah. like ages and ages ago. And I was yeah. like, you mind if we watch this? I haven't seen it, you know, yeah. in, in, in a while since, you know, I guess he rented it or something and then yeah. I decided to buy it. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And we ended up watching the movie and I had a, a blast. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> it's, know, a, it's a feel-good, upbeat, yeah, it, it really wonderful is. movie. I can't, I mean, I, it's like going to Disney World, really. I mean, <laughs> fuck it. Well, yeah, totally. Listen, I'm going to say this. Compared to some of the revenge films we've watched, this ain't half bad. <laughs> like, morally wise, you know? It's, it, it contains a significantly lower amount of rape. Yes, than the other that's it, pretty much it. I mean, really, I, I, mean, I don't want to, uh, uh, we'll get into it. We'll get yeah, into don't it. We'll get into, yeah, I'm not, not, not going to give any too yeah. much away. But yeah, it's not. We, we, We've seen some more hardcore, and now maybe this is how this like this show's affected me. Maybe in the old days that movie might, you know, this movie might have affected me more. But now, <laughs> you fuck have, it. You have, you have scar tissue where your soul used to yeah, be, right here in the heart. That's why you're not going to get raptured. You're going to be stuck here with the rest of us. Totally going to get raptured, dude. Sorry, I believe in the Lord Jesus right. Christ. We're going to take a break here. I'm going to play a promo for another podcast. We'll have a little bit of music. Big ups to Jesus. And I'm going to convince Matt that he is in fact 
trapped here with the rest of us. We'll be right back. Hey, Paul. Do you like drinking beer, watching shitty movies, and listening to rockabilly music? Actually, no, I don't. Well, that's great, because neither do I. Are you going to tell people about our podcast? I guess. You see, Paul, our podcast is about two guys who don't really know each other and decided to do a podcast together. Yes, I know. What's your point? Well, actually, that's the show I started with my original co-host, Kristen, but she doesn't talk to me anymore. I think I know why. So should we tell people about our show? I mean, I guess. Well, the first half of the show, we usually talk about current events and things going on in our lives. We have lives? Well, I guess you do. But on the second half of the show, we do our nerdy news, which is usually talking about superhero movies, TV shows, and cartoons. Wait, this is a commercial, isn't it? Yep, it is. And we like to have the nice people out there check out twostrangersonepodcast.net. We're available on iTunes, the Stitcher app for Android devices, SoundCloud, and on the Google Play Store. So are you going to mention my other show, the Tsunami Table Podcast? No time for that, Paul. Actually, the show gets more listeners than this one does. Well, that's great. Let's get our numbers up and check out Two Strangers, One Podcast. Piece of shit. Don't be a stranger. Peace. Bye. Dick. Told you I could do it. God damn it. You're stuck here with the rest of us, man. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> All I had to do was point out that you've watched the same films that I've watched, and you're tainted every bit as much as I am. Uh, I'm going to do the math. Well, you know what's going to make you feel better, Matt? What's that? This trailer. I need yeah. revenge. Brandon Hume, you've just won MVP. Yeah. Number one, number one, number one. Nick? Hey, honey. I just wanted to let you know that our son is going to Canada to play hockey. I love you, and we'll be home soon. Hey, where do you think you're going? I need something to drink, Dad. Okay, we'll quick in and out, because we got to get home. All right. Get down! You can do this. Number five. Put that animal in jail. I want this guy to go away for the rest of his life. I've got one eyewitness, you. We've just got your word. I'm dismissing this case. Mr. Darley, you are released from custody. You kidding me? Your brother, dude, he's dead. I say who lives, I say who dies. I'm coming for the rest of your family. You just bought them a death sentence. I really don't care what happens to me. I just need them to be safe. How do I make it stop? You started the war. God help you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that uh, this should have been a Father's Day film. Maybe. I, you know what? I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Big ups to Jesus again. I'm back in. <laughs> don't thank him. It was the trailer. I'm back in, baby. <laughs> the trailer is what made you feel better. It's a tangible, real thing that I put together, and that's what did it. <laughs>
<laughs> so big ups to Mr. Psyops and his editing skills for redoing the trailer to make it something that's audibly listenable instead of just all sound effects and glitz and glam. Yes. I love you, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck your Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The film opens with a nauseatingly happy family in their home videos. Two sons fathered by the bacon boner and mothered by Travolta's beard. Hot damn. <laughs> Just right out of the gate on that one. What? Fuck it. Yeah. I mean. Hashtag bacon boner. Ba- hashtag bacon boner. Hashtag, hashtag Travolta's, Travolta's beard. beard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Makes sense. And that's a factual, actual, probably, most likely, maybe, kind of, sort of thing. Oh, no. That's a definite. Is it, is it definitely? Yeah. I'm going to say allegedly because I don't want to get sued. Yeah. And I know what Scientologies could come right down on you, dude. Yeah. Like crash into this fucking lab. But he's been busted in the arms of a man. I mean, he like, <laughs> that, like to wrestle that happened. Dudes. Yeah, yeah, that, that did happened. happen. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, he propositioned some masseuses and stuff. Yeah. So allegedly, definitely Travolta's beard. Well, yeah, allegedly, definitely Travolta's beard. Yeah, hashtag. <laughs> big ups to Travolta's beard. Big ups, big ups to Travolta's beard. That's got to be some hell. <laughs> well, they are clearly a very happy and a very well-off family. And I would say that they're definitely white upper class, right? They're a oh, well-off white upper class family. Big time white upper class. He's, he is, he's got a corner office. Would you put them in the 1%? Because he's like a VP of this big fucking company. He's Fortune Maybe 500. Maybe not quite the 1% yet, but, you know, closer to the 1% than the rest of us. He's like the 2%? He's like, he's like the 4%. <laughs> Even the 2% has a shitload of cash and fame (laughs) and power. It all comes down to the power part. Uh, Well, Nick seems like, at least at the start of the film, that he's too much of a nice guy to actually be that crossover. Yes. To that top level of ruthless cutthroat fuckholes. No, man. He's a hashtag bacon boner. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Chicks dig him. Especially the hashtag Travolta's beard. Especially hashtag Travolta's beard. I bet that's part of the contract. All right. So we see very early on that Nick is a very by-the-book kind of executive guy, and that is actually demonstrated by our very first clip. Can't bother you. You know, just when you think there's no order anywhere, there's order looking right at you. Okay. What do you need here? Andy just said I need you to prove this. This guy worked here at Starfish for six years, but uh, his wife's dead, no kids, no will. I just want to roll his pension back up into the fund and make it easy. Come on, don't make me file with the state. We file with the state so that one day if somebody looks back at this guy's death, he will see that we did our job. You're right, we gotta cover our asses. I got it, sorry. No, 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 we do our job and we do right by a guy who worked for us. Lest he die in vain. What's that order in the universe thing? Well, yeah, our insurer spent 300,000 bucks on this new model, new field data, new society. Who is the ideal employee? Who dies how and when? And they sent it over to show what a great job they're doing. And you know what it says? It says that people with kids live longer than people with no kids. People with two live longer than people with one. Smoking is bad. Speeding is bad. Deaths in the family are bad. Divorce is bad. It's just kind of nice to see that all that junk is still true, you know? Hey, you're the one with the perfect kids. Mom, that's not fair. Of course it isn't fair. But when you screw up, it's embarrassing. I'm supposed to be a dean. It's not like I killed somebody. Telling a teacher to shove his laser pointer up his ass is as close as we get. (sighs) The guy's a buffoon, Mom. I I was quoting. It was like an ironic shove You want an ironic probation? We haven't even gotten to the home punishment. This is the school end. 
So, what do we do? Anything but community service. Luke, that's brilliant. Community service is a great idea. The assisted living leisure center's having a dance party. They need help. For the love of God, Mom. The seizure center? Okay. Hockey team needs a laundry boy. You could help your brother out, support the team. I'll take the dance of the dead. I can man the diaper station. Last time, okay? Thank you. Brendan, you're such a kiss-ass. Hey. God gave me the skills. I can't help oh, it. God, Mom. I need to go kill myself. Of course you do, Lippy. May I be excused? No. I've got a cretin for a brother. I've got a no-dick for him. Okay, you stop right now. You should know better. What? Let's be a family, shall we? Can I say no? No. I demand emancipation. I want a lawyer. Okay, I'm filing right I'm now. Hey. Sorry I'm late. Hey. Did I No, there's plenty. I'll heat something up for you. Hey, Dad, I need to ride to the city on Saturday. The city? Yeah, it's an exchange game. And uh, first line again. No kidding. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So Brendan is definitely the golden boy. He's what every parent has always ever wanted. And Lucas is basically me. The second child. <laughs> the daddy DeVito. <laughs> no, the second child that's too fucking smart for his own fucking good. Uh, questions everything. Is a smart ass about everything. And knows way too much. And knows just the right buttons to push all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's me. I'm <laughs> sickly jealous of his older brother's hockey skills. Well, it's sickly jealous of the fact that his father prefers the older brother over him. Oh, yeah. It's very obvious that way, that both the parents are very so proud of their goals. Listen, I prefer your sibling to you, and I've never even met her. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody fucking does, including my own fucking parents. Oh, well, holy shit. It's a fucking truth, man. Bad. Ev- everything with her was much easier than yeah. with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I won. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sure my parents are about the same way with my sister, so it's all right. I'm pretty sure that your parents prefer the child that they had to abort over you. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm sure that was an accident. I don't think it was an abortion. <laughs> I always wanted to say uh, this is, uh, something kind of funny with that is uh, funny with abortion. Yeah, yeah. Well, pray tell what yeah, is funny yeah, with abortion? Not abortion, but uh, with children and like preferring one. Uh, when my wife was pregnant, and we were told it was going to be a boy. And people started buying boy stuff, obvious boy stuff. She goes, "What happened if like they screwed up the test and it was actually a girl? And what do we do with all this stuff?" And I go, "We keep it for one reason. When she's older and she goes to the attic, she sees all this boy stuff with my son's name on it, and they go." She'll be like, well, who's this? They'll go, well, that was your older brother. He was bad. He had to go away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is definitely further proof that they are the quote unquote perfect family. They even have this witty banner back and forth where they're pushing each other's buttons. But they all very clearly love each other. Of course. It's this this playful thing that only a family that really cares would actually do that without. I mean, your older brother calls you a no dick. You're going after him if you don't love him. Oh, yeah. That's happening. That's happening. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't love him and someone calls you a no dick, man, it's a fist to the face. (laughs) It's true. This man has no (laughs) No dick. dick. (laughs) That's what I heard. You're gonna have to do a Ghostbusters double feature or some I, shit. I know, right? Jesus. If we do a full franchise fest, then we'll have to cover the one that everybody gets all up in arms about because it has girls in it. How oh. dare you, sir? How dare I bring up <laughs> girls? How dare, how dare you bring up that Ghostbusters? <laughs> it has girls in it. My neck beard can't handle that kind of stuff. <laughs> 
the Suns actually do have such a rivalry built up, and it's it's clearly a very superficial thing, even though Lucas it, probably feels secondary to his, his brother because he can't live up to what his brother is. Yeah. They really seem to actually care for each other, too. It I seems think like it's, a superficial it's fr- it's thing. It's a friendly rivalry type thing, a brotherly rivalry almost, as in, I'll give shit to you, you give shit to me, but if anybody else gave him shit, then that person's like an asshole. Yeah. Your older brother can say you have no dick, but <laughs> yeah, but, but, but if somebody older, else says you have no dick, your, your older, older brother's going to kick their ass. Like, shut up, man. <laughs> That's my dickless brother you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. They can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do, do that, that to our, our pledges. pledges. Now, I feel that this is also partially triggered by the fact that each parent clearly has a favorite. Yeah. The mom is coddling Lucas like a mother. Oh, my God. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's very coddling to Lucas, and she's very... Yeah like helping him along yes and the dad very clearly like brightens up as soon as brennan has something really you know sportsy and yes because he's just so much like him so it's it's obvious right from the get-go oh big time with, with each individual scene so they cut from this to the hockey game and the favorite son gets a winning shot yay go, go. i think oh, wait, that's only that's, that's, that's just soccer yeah. i'm sorry or the footy or whatever the, you want to call it the footy the yeah. footy ball that's people call it footy yeah, it's called football in a yeah. lot of other places. Yeah, it's in fo- the world. it is football. Every everywhere else in the world yeah. is football. It's, not, it's only the, soccer. The slang yeah. for it is footy. Yeah, really? You've never heard that before? I never heard it. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. That's what that's mm-hmm. what you get for not watching enough BBC. Apparently, yes. And you're a Doctor Who fan. And I you need never to, heard footy. I think I need to watch the Ocho a little bit more. <laughs> that is a thing now. That is a thing. Now. <laughs> it is in fact a thing. That's a, that's a thing. It's a thing. Thank, Thank you, David. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> they actually have an ESPN eight. <laughs> They're calling it the Ocho. I know. <laughs> It's so weird. Great. If it can be considered a sport, it's on the the Ocho. Ocho. All right, so he drops the news on the car ride home, this favorite son, that he wants to make a go at pro hockey, and the only place he can really do that is in Canada. He's got a point. He's got a point. If he wants to be a pro, he's going to have to at least first go to Canada. Got to get up those uh, those Canucks up there. That's offensive. Is that offensive? Yeah, Canuck is offensive. Is Canuck offensive? <laughs> yes, it is offensive. I, know, I just thought it was a nice term. Fuck so, it. We're all dead on Saturday anyway. <laughs> so fucking American, you over there. I know. You... You guy, you so American. Yeah. Oh, uh, just kidding. I love my Canadian brothers more than most of my American brothers, for fuck's sakes. We're going to need them because yes. we're going to need a place to stay. All right. So they have some witty banner back and forth. And uh, the old wives' tale of the car driving without headlights as part of an initiation and that the flashing of the lights at them to signal them that their lights are off, then they are also going to make you their next victim. Do you ever think about that in the back of your mind? It's used in this scene. I don't think about it, but I also say fuck you if you don't turn on your lights. Yeah, I'm not flashing you either. No, I don't not. I don't give a fuck. I'll flash. I, I hope you're kind of hammered drunk and you get pulled over by the fucking cops for freaking turn your lights on. I will flash somebody if I know that there's a speed trap oh, and yeah. they're heading right for it. Yeah. I'll flash him for that. that. That I'll do that too. Yeah. I'll try to at least warn somebody. <laughs> yeah, because that's the kind of guy I am. Civil disobedience is all about what I am. I'm just trying to help people. <laughs> you're trying to get him out of a speeding you, ticket. You, you, I'm, I'm trying to undercut the state. <laughs> you're trying to undercut the state. I'm just trying to help people. People helping people. Well, I am helping people by undercutting the state. It's a win-win for me. It's it's almost like you are fighting the galactic beast while I'm kind of taking care of like the small guy, the little guy the immortal words of ed harris from knight riders i'm fighting the dragon somebody out there got that even though you don't (laughs) all right so they are running low on gas 
after they signal the baddies who are, even their cars are tattooed. That's how evil they are. Yeah, right. I, who, who, and who, tribal tattoos, which means they're definitely evil. Who goes to the inner city without a full tank of gas? <laughs> Fortune 500 company owners. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. He came uh, back from the city, maybe. I don't know. He was busy running errands to the fucking pottery barn all day. Oh, fucking, like, dude, it's literally three minutes to fill up your tank with gas. <laughs> it ain't that long anymore. Particularly in that car. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on. All right. So they're running low on gas. So Nick goes ahead and pulls over at the nearest gas station, which is looking an awful lot like maybe he should have just tried to make it further out. I, I'd rather fucking push my car than stop at that gas station. <laughs> And he starts filling up while the son goes in to grab a post-game slushy, which is apparently some type of a uh, a ritual for him, like when he wins a game or when he's done with a hockey game, I guess. Just he, after a game, yeah, after, after practice, a post-game he needs a slushy. slushy. is a thing. Like, I guess Motherfucker loves slushies. Apparently. He's willing to give his life for them. Yeah, man, he's going to die for a fucking slushy here in Would a second. Would you die for a slushy? Well, okay, just level with me. Yeah. Is there vodka in it? No. Then no. <laughs> what about a Klondike bar? Level with me. Okay. Is there vodka? In it. Okay, there's no vodka in any of these questions. Then no. Oh, so we're done then. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> so no hard liquor of any sort, no dying for it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. At least I know where you stand. For animate objects? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so while inside, the ruffians from earlier show up in their heavily tattooed cars. I can't get over that. It's it all right? over my notes. And they start, quote unquote, robbing the it's convenience store. It's like the movie's store. like punching you in the face. These are the bad guys. Look at them. Yeah, they couldn't be any more obviously bad guys no. if they if they weren't in like a 90s fucking comic book yeah if they, i mean they, if they it's like they didn't got out of the car and just started going we're bad guys here total heartless monsters they drove right off the pages of a late 80s punisher comic yeah exactly right They're really obviously the bad guys where was frank at when you needed him <laughs> he's coming soon yeah <laughs> he's that's coming true. real soon that's true he's coming real soon yeah. all right so they show up to quote unquote rob the convenience store they're using nick's son as an initiation tactic and murdering him with a machete throat slash that was pretty brutal that was really fucking brutal there's a whole lot of uh and there's like a lot of cowering right before that oh yeah I, he's he doesn't know what to do he's, that, he's terrified yeah that I mean, not well, to make light of it, but that kid did not die with dry pants. <laughs> Just saying it. Well, it doesn't matter if you die with them dry or not, because as soon as you fucking die, yeah, you, you shit, shit yourself, yourself. Anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying, though. Before well, the knife hit, it was PP town. As soon as that fucking clerk got shot with the shotgun and got his full yeah. gut splattered all over the place, we watched the uncut, unrated version of this, which is exponentially more bloody than the R-rated version. Oh, okay. Version. See, I, did, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know any difference, yeah. but... Oh, yeah. You gotta watch it completely unrated. You gotta see all the blood and guts. Of course. Otherwise, it's not worth the What's pain and the suffering. What's the fucking point? Exactly. Alright, so after they do the throat slash to Brendan, which is Nick's son, they flee, and Nick ends up tackling the thug that actually slashed his kid's throat. While they are throwing down, Nick ends up unmasking him and gets a really good fucking look at the kid's face before getting himself cracked in the ribs by the thug's knee. That kid was smart. He was yep. quick on his feet to do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thug runs off, and as he yells, fuck you at the others who left him there he is hit by a car the karma train came to station and he gets fucked the hell up oh too. yeah he caves in the top part of the hood and a good portion of the window he oh, gets fucked up yeah, fucked up nick runs into the convenience store to do the obligatory call for help while holding his dying son the camera backs away and then starts panning up and up and up and out to kind of i guess
guess, symbolize his son's soul leaving his body, maybe. Yes. Or maybe just to show how alone and sad he is in the world. There's a few things in this film that I'm like, wow, that's really overly dramatically done movie. Art. <laughs> it's not really art. It's like art, art. It's like, okay, I'm going to be so subtle, I'm putting this on the end of a sledgehammer and hitting you in the face with it. <laughs> and this is one of those scenes. Do you get how sad this is? <laughs> We're playing vaguely alternative rock that sounds sad as shit. Do you get it yet? Do you have a tear? <laughs> anyway, they cut from this too. <laughs> Apparently, I have no soul. So. I know you don't. <laughs> the happier I get, the more sad we talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I stuff, know. So. Yeah. All right. So they cut from this to carloads of thugs driving off and having a good old laugh in our next mini clip. Where's Joe? He's the man now. He can take the subway. <laughs> <laughs> So these guys can apparently smoke a motherfucker like it ain't no thing and not even care. Mm. And after this, we see Nick drag his son into an emergency room. Now let let that settle in, right? Instead of doing that dramatic pan up with him there just screaming and asking for help and begging for help, why didn't they show him trying to drag his son and telling him it's going to be okay and panicking and freaking out and trying to get him to the car? How about this? Why didn't they show him opening up his flip phone and, I don't know, dialing 911? Well, that's one too, but like... Maybe he didn't get reception. Maybe, you know. He was just talking to his fucking wife. <laughs> Either way, uh, why is he the one dragging his son in and not, not an EMT? Or, yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah. Something ain't right there. Yeah. Something ain't making sense. No, plot. <laughs> plot hole. Plot hole. James Wan, I'm looking at you, buddy. I want you to understand. We saw it. We figured it out. He didn't try to dial 911. <laughs> we got your number, pal. There was no ambulance. And why is he dragging his own son into the hospital? Uh, why was he driving the ambulance, huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, Jesus. <laughs> Even I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> I'm totally leaving that in, but still. Uh, <laughs> I found it hilarious, but still. Mm. It was it was hilarious and yet too far. <laughs> Where I like to live. <laughs> that would have been great if the doctor said that. Ah, oh, so uh, my son, he was cut. Wow, sounds like someone's driving the ambulance tonight. <laughs> you want a wah burger and some French fries with that? Why, yes, this is a new shirt. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he drags his son into the emergency room, and Nick is destroyed emotionally as his wife and son arrive to also be melodramatically distraught and ruined. John Travolta's beard, hashtag Travolta's beard, hashtag. also falls to the ground on her knees and cries openly and excessively in this scene. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit too far on the emotions. Well, anyway, it could have been farther as if they would have had like snot bubbles coming out of their noses and do that really ugly crying. I think they should have just let the scene play out because she looked like she was acting her fucking heart out. Yeah. I will give Travolta's beard this. Hashtag Travolta's beard. Hashtag. I, I will give Travolta's hashtag Travolta's beard this. Mm. She can act. She can act like a motherfucker. She's pretended like she's been happily married to a gay man, allegedly, for a very long time. God, <laughs> God damn, that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm just saying, she could act. Woo. But in that particular scene, it looks like she's acting her fucking heart out. And Kevin, would be, would be really fucked up if John Travolta was like a huge fan of the show. <laughs> like he just found it somehow, never makes mention of it. Now he's listening. He's like, oh, I liked you guys. <laughs> I don't think Travolta gives two fucks no, about what can be two, two fucks. He could give one and a half fucks about what we think. He looks across his field where the fuck should be grown and it is barren. <laughs> it is barren. Motherfucker goes, oh, wow. These guys, they're really zigging me. Hold on. We'll go put on my pilot's hat and fly my own personal fucking jet. And then later on, he decides, you know what? That bugs me just enough. I'm going to send the Scientology people after them. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to deal with that shit. Well, anyway, hashtag 
Santa's beard is acting her heart out in that scene. And hashtag bacon boner is also holding on to her quite well and actually, you know, making it look like he's trying to be a supportive husband who's just as much a shock as what she is. And then the son, you know, if you look at the actor who's playing the other son, Lucas, he's doing the thing that like kids kind of do when they're trying to get their head around something where they put their hands in their hair and yeah. he's like holding on to his head like, yep. oh my God, oh my God. And I think the whole scene is undercut by the alterna sad music that they oh, put over top That of was just not needed. I think that was a bad choice. I no really music don't. needed. They should have no music in that really fucking stick in your gourd. Yeah, I think if they would have just let the wailing and the gnashing of teeth and the sadness just really come through with the sounds of the hospital. And maybe if you're going to do it, do like a score with some bad strings. Yeah. You know, like something that like a someone who knows how to develop a scene emotionally, not just needle drop on their latest alterna folk record. <laughs> you know what I mean? That sounds vaguely sad. Exactly. <laughs> That's the problem I have with that. Breaking Psyop News! definitely a shooting. There was a shooting that it took place. There was a shooting right there and leaving one critical injured. Road rage incident apparently leads to shooting in American civilization. Witnesses said the incident appeared to have started when a semi-truck was cut off by another vehicle. Following a confrontation, the 30-year-old driver of the truck was shot and the other driver sped away from the scene. Wow. So they shot the rig driver? Yep. Jesus Christ. A children's hospital nurse performed CPR on the victim, which said before he was taken to the hospital. Police confirmed one man was transferred the Bergen Mercy with uh, critical injuries. So, holy fuck. Hope the guy makes it out okay. Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. This world's fucking, this world is bullshit. And you know, the cops are all just upset that there were no donuts in sight. Oh, dude. <laughs> we now return you to the regularly scheduled program. Yeah, but the point is that their family's ruined, their life is ruined, and it even fades to black very dramatically to that vaguely alternative folk music. Yeah. And they cut from that to a lineup as Nick fingers the culprit. Nothing on that? You're not going to, no? No, I mean, come on, dude. He fingers the culprit. A little respect here. The <laughs> man's son just died in this movie. He's fingering the culprit. Not even a phrasing? Nothing? A disapproving look. <laughs> they can't hear that. They can't hear your disapproving looks. All it does is make me have a half a stock that I made you that upset. <laughs> oh, whatever. By the way, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, he's fingering the guy in a lineup. Ah! Yeah, see? Yeah, and they cut from this, too. Are not doing phrasing anymore? Oh, yeah. Now you want to do it when I'm trying to get the show moving. <laughs> and they cut from this, too. Brandon's funeral, which is very dour and raining very dramatically. Once again, why does it always have to, like, heavily rain in uh, every uh, fucking funeral in every movie? I don't know. Even Guillermo del Toro was guilty of that in uh, the funeral for in Hellboy. Yeah. Whenever John Hurt's character dies. Uh -huh. Professor Blom dies. Yeah. And then during the funeral, everybody's, it's raining like crazy. It's, it's a big thing to do for funerals. Apparently. Like, you can't get your actors to cry, so you just pour a bunch of fucking water on them from hoses above. Hey, man, if I remember right, like, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, all their fucking funerals were during the day, and it was sunny, motherfucker. And bright and happy. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how it works. That's usually how it goes. Yes. A funeral's usually on the what would normally be a beautiful and wonderful day. Where yeah, because no one wants to stand outside out. in the middle of the rain. Well, you still do it. I've been to funerals that take place in a heavy rain, so yeah. it does happen. But what I'm getting at is, usually when you're at that kind of occasion... Mm everything else just to drive home how fucking rotten you feel yeah is perfect yeah it's like perfect conditions for that day if it's a parent you drive past like a family having a fucking picnic and you have to like stare at that shit for the rest of your fucking life right that's why i'm saying like the dramatic rain thing that happens in movies seems a little bit kind of over dramatized great now i'm getting left behind for the raptor <laughs> 
<laughs> Back down again. They cut from that funeral, too. Nick talks to his family about having to go to a pre-trial hearing of some sort, or so it seems, but the remaining son is all but invisible to the grieving parents. Did you notice that? Yeah. I wouldn't consider this as obvious, but there's one thing that's a motif that I've seen in the film that I did notice this time watching it with a more critical eye. Mm-hmm. When a family member is feeling separated by either their actions or an external force from the rest of the family, emotionally speaking, they're in another room separated by a full doorway looking in. Oh, yeah. It does happen again in the film, but in here, yeah. you see Lucas standing there just outside in the hallway while his parents don't even seem like they're even concerned about him, and he seems completely isolated and, and separated from them. Harsh. And the symbolic shot, the way that they did that, I think works very perfectly here, and I think it was just subtle enough because the actor's playing it all on his face where you see all of that isolation, so you didn't really need that physical separation. Yeah. But I think it's just that little extra thing that drives it home. Uh, but the pair are having a conversation in bed about the school doing some type of memorial service for their son and then hashtag Travolta's beard rips out your fucking heart when she starts crying. Like I said before, the woman can act. Ooh, she acts her ass off, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to make a joke about it this time because when she started crying while she was talking about the memorial for their son and she breaks down, yeah, it started making me choke up and I'm like, God uh, damn it, movie. I actually, that one I felt. Like, I yeah. really fucking felt that. Oof. It made me kind of like, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. The family will not come back from this. It's obvious at that point that whatever happened, whatever happiness that this family had, it's shattered and it's never going to be the same. And the remaining son even rips out your heart more as he goes into his brother's room, looks at a photo of the two of them together in his brother's room and just starts breaking down and crying right there. Ah, God damn. Those two in succession, I was like, (gasps) you fucking movie. Like, they didn't need to do the funeral in the rain stuff. They God damn it, period. Pieces <laughs> of garbage. They could have just showed a regular funeral and then come to this where the funeral's over with and it would have just wrecked you the same. Yeah. Now, this is a part that I had a really big problem with. It seems to me, now I don't know if you noticed this or not, but Nick hears his son, in, Lucas, in Brendan's room. Yeah. And he think he hears him crying. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it seems to me like he hears him crying and then he just lays back down. He yeah. just doesn't do he anything. He doesn't go to his son. And just lets it be. And he just lays back down. Like doesn't even Maybe he felt like he needed to grieve that way. That or he's just so defeated. Honestly, I this is a point where you kind of wonder if maybe he doesn't even care about his other son half as much as he did his, his firstborn. Yeah. You know, like you kind of see it there where it's like he doesn't feel like it's his responsibility to go take care of his fucking son when he's grieving. I mean, you should. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking weird, but. All right. I have no paternal instincts in me whatsoever. Yeah. I would rather kick a baby than fucking deal with a crying baby. That's just me. That's on tape. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, regardless, I have no paternal instinct in me at all. Oh, yeah. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. Ju- Trust me, we've listened to enough of the show to know that you don't have any paternal instincts. After 110 episodes, everyone should know that I have no paternal instincts. What little empathy I have, I borrow from my wife. Very true. But while watching that scene, even I was like, come on, Nick, get the fuck up and put your arm around your son. Well, like it's it's like if you have two cats. If one kitty were to pass away, you would comfort the other kitty if it was in pain. I would try, but I don't yeah. know if you can comfort a cat by telling it it's going to be okay and petting it. But you would try. Sure. There you go. You just have to make it speed that way for you. (laughs) All right. So we see that the system is failing Nick in our next clip. Today's easy. I need you to sit there, put the fear of God in this guy. If the judge asks you, you tell him what you told us and identify Darlene in court. Okay. 
The minute I get your statement in, with you sitting right there, the public defender's gonna wet his pants and fold. I'll make a deal in five minutes, get this guy in jail today. Easy peasy. Deal, wait, wait, hang on, what, what do you mean, what, what deal? I want this guy to go away for the rest of his life. No, I can get you three to five guarantee. That's a very decent result. I'm talking guaranteed time. Not maybe, not the jury didn't feel up to it. That's worth more than chasing some make-believe tend to life and the guy walks free. You want that? He killed my son. Mr. Hume, I've got one eyewitness, you. That's nice. But do you know how many cases with one witness I don't even bother to try for a deal on? The machete magically disappeared. The only blood we could find on that weasel was his own from when the car clipped him. And you picked the only gas station in America without a working surveillance camera. We've just got your word. That's not bad if I can scare the guy into a deal. You're using my son's death like some kind of car trick. Look. I get a banger off the street, a year or so somebody does my job for me, he doesn't get out of there alive, fine with me. He finds Jesus, fine with me. But we get religion and go to trial as much as I'd love to, and the defense starts working on when was your last eye exam and what do you have against inner city youth and how unfair it is for them to grow up so violent, how they're forced into initiation killings or face execution themselves. You want a jury feeling sorry for this fucker, huh? You want him to walk? Wait, you said initiation killing. I, uh, I thought this was a robbery. It only looked like one. It was an initiation. You kill someone at random to get made in a gang. It's the price of admission. Are you saying that Brendan was killed so that some asshole could feel more like a man? So that he could be in some club? This is a take it or leave it thing, sorry to say. Your Honor, I'd like to enter the statement of a witness present at the time of the attack, father of the victim. We can enter that at trial, can we not, Mr. Baring? I believe, Your Honor, if we enter it today, defense will change their plea to guilty, save the people the time and expense of a trial. That's the statement. Mr. Hume, Mr. Hume, you're giving evidence that Mr. Darley here, before your eyes, attacked your son and caused his death. You're saying you'll testify to that in a trial? Trial? No, Your Honor, I am not. What? It was dark. There were a lot of them. I can't be sure anymore. Mr. Baring, do you expect to obtain evidence other than Mr. Hume's here? No, Your Honor, I do not. I'm dismissing this case. Mr. Darley, you are released from custody. You may return with a bailiff to the holding cells to retrieve your personal effects. Nick's drive for revenge pushes him to this choice as he allows his son's killer to walk free. Yeah, but he's going to get fucked. I don't think so. The <laughs> obviously bad guys show back up with their heavily tattooed cars showing just how badass they are. We are bad guys. <laughs> and they're collecting Joe the murderer. And Nick is now in full on surveillance mode as he tails him into their neighborhood or wherever it is to see where Joe gets dropped off for the night. Nick returns home to try to find the proper murder weapon to kill Joe with. He finds a rusty old Bowie knife as his remaining son attempts to connect with him in some fashion, but is pushed away from his father where the drive for revenge has blinded Nick. And that leads to our next clip. So, it was like a, a gas station where Bryn got killed. Yeah, it was, it was a gas station. Why do you want to know? Um, I just, uh, yeah, I wondered where he died. Yeah. It was uh, a stop spot in Roxy. Okay, well, do you think he was scared? Yeah, look, I didn't. I think he was scared. How did it go? They let him go. They did what? Why? I don't think it was him. Well, you said it was him. You said they had him. Are they going to keep looking? Yeah, I think they would. Oh, 
Jesus. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? I'm sorry. I left some at the office. I, I, I can go back. Now, Nick. I'll be home as soon as I can. Nick neglects his hurting and broken family to hurry back to the place he saw Joey dropped off at. Hey, listen, man, when you got the fever for vengeance, everything takes a backseat to it. He watches him drag garbage to the back of the building and goes into stalking mode as a lady steps out of her apartment and watches him try to not be noticed and failing at it miserably. He rolled a one on his do not look at me check. (laughs) He turns around, ducks his head, and makes it so much more obvious that he doesn't want her to see him. This is so awkward. He has no fucking clue what he's doing. Nope. He is so bad at this. Oh, very bad. He operates on sheer dumb luck through most of the film. And really gets, I mean, unlike sheer, Ash, he, sheer he, dumb he, luck and, he's not and plot armor. Yeah, and he's not Ash. He can't fail up like Ash does. He should have been dead like seven different times. Yes. Yeah. Alright, so Nick continues to pursue Joe and heads around to the back of the building, and when the time comes for him to act, he hesitates. Joe looks him straight in the eyes whenever he scares the shit out of Joe and then says, wait a fucking minute. And then he proceeds to try and beat Joe to death is what I'm guessing is going on. Yeah. He's like slamming his head and all of that. But Joe, being a ruffian from the street, is a better fighter. At some point, the knife gets knocked loose during this fight, and it looked to me like Joe had a hold of it, and then Nick climbed on top of him and was punching the shit out of him. Yeah. And it looked to me as though Joe was trying to stab Nick to get him to stop, Uh and somehow when Nick, like, did one of those punches, he ended up driving Joe's hand and the knife into himself. Uh Uh-huh. So he basically forced Joe to stab himself, right? Yeah. Well, hey. That's... Stop stabbing yourself. Stop stabbing yourself. That's what it looked like to you then, too? Yeah. Yeah. It's what it looked like. Yeah, because I couldn't really kind of tell what was going on and that's what I always thought because when Nick jumps back he looks shocked that, that Joe was actually stabbed Yeah, and then he kind of like loses his shit and realizes what it was that he, he did but that happens during that struggle and some at some point in time Joe got stabbed but Nick didn't do it intentionally and somehow the knife found its way in there. Yep. That's his defense officer I went there to murder him but... Listen he, I think he murdered himself before I could <laughs> How am I supposed to murder somebody when they just kill themselves first? Man... <laughs> This whole entire last few months have sucked for me. So the look of shock and horror fades away on Nick's face as he realizes he needs to now cover up his crime. So he pulls out the knife and he flees, stopping to wipe off the fingerprints and toss the knife into a stream. But he is covered in not only his own blood, but Joe's blood as well. So he needs to get rid of those clothes. They cut from this to hashtag Travolta's beard and their son are converting old home movies when Nick comes home bruised and injured with a cut on his hand. As he is wont to do, Bacon gives us a shower scene where the guilt of what he has just done overtakes him just as hashtag Travolta's beard walks in to see this very effective breaking down bawling scene and she doesn't know what's going on and he starts apologizing. She's just there to bandage up his cut hand. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It was very... Like, you're just bleeding all over my floor, bitch. I don't think it's like that at all. I think whatever it is that happened to him she very clearly doesn't ask too many questions. You know, like, I don't... Don't ask she, questions you don't want answers yeah, to. Yeah, 
I don't think she wants to know. Yeah. But him being all beaten up and then basically saying that he's sorry and crying like that, mm-hmm. I would, I'm guessing that she would just assume he's talking about the death of their son and that he couldn't protect his son. Yeah. That he wasn't there in time. Well, they cut from this to Bones Body Shop as the head bad guy of the very bad boys group meets up with John Goodman's even further top dog bad guy. And that leads to our next clip. Watch the fucking pieces. For Christ's sake, there was something unlike you. The fuck you call that? That's our night. When I take pity on you and your half-wit friends, give you a couple of corners to run, you better deliver for me, or I'll know you've been stealing, and I'll kill you. You be the Prince of Payan, you fucking light bag me, I'll fucking kill you. Lord knows I've been patient. Yes, you can get the fuck out of my sight now. Fucking half-wit. What? What? Somebody fucking tell me what the fuck is going on. You hear? Joe, dude. Somebody stuck him. He's dead. What? You're lying. He's gone. Yes, there was, in fact, a very homophobic slur in that last clip that I took out. Oh, well done. I cut them all out. Good job. That's a stance from here on out. Homophobic and racial slurs, they have no place on this show as far as I'm concerned. Yes. So I'm going to remove them. I accept the fact that they're in my entertainment, but God damn it, they don't have to be in my show. That's right. Yeah. There's, there's a good stand. <laughs> Unless it's against policemen or Christianity, oh, God, it has dude. no place in this show being slurring. And there it goes. A glimmer of hope <laughs> washed away with some more anger. <laughs> yeah, but it's justifiable anger. <laughs> It's, it's, it's anger against false authority. Oh my God. False authority. Go back to the notes. <laughs> they cut from this. Now it's hard for me to get you back on to doing your job. They cut from this to Bacon back at work and looking to move on now that he is a fucking murderer. The detective comes to visit to tell him that the suspected murderer of his son has also been murdered. And it is very clearly obvious that she is not there for that reason, however, because she is a cop after all and she is in fact interviewing her prime suspect including eyeballing the living fuck out of his injured hand she's not stupid she knows what happened she just has no evidence and she's just looking at him being the one responsible yeah clearly obvious at this point why even keep investigating (laughs) i don't know i think she does kind of let it go yeah because the guy was a shithead they even she's the one who calls him an animal yeah that she says that he's an animal. Yeah. You know, so I'm willing to bet that she's willing to let that one go, which is a very cop thing to do. Let the rich guy off of murder because he's rich and they can't pin it on him. I mean, I don't think it's because he's rich. It's so much who the victim is. And I think it's because it's not an easy caller. <laughs> More or less. She's not going to be able to make this one stick. Thank God the victim was white. <laughs> or else she had some bad things to say about this cop then. <laughs> Yeah, they do flip the script. Though. They did. The cop is a is an African American woman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you being all there, right? Look at that. <laughs> what did you think? Ah, she was a black chick, person of color, uh, person of color. Oh, that's even more PC. Wow. She is a human being with a pigment different than yourself. <laughs> Good God Almighty, we're going <laughs> off. All right. So the thugs are drinking to Joe's memory when the lead thug comes in acting like an asshole in our next clip. He's a true fucking soldier. To Joe. He was a good fucking boy. A good fucking boy. So that's what we're gonna do? Why don't you show a little fucking respect at least? See, that is why you guys are nothing. That is why you are a bunch of fucking punks because you would rather drink up and talk yourselves fucking witless. 
witless and scared shitless. My bad. Let's here. Cheers. Get your fucking glasses up, all of you. I wasn't, wasn't made for this shit. That's all. He wasn't like us. No, wasn't like you. You mean he was not like you? He was better than you. We as good as brothers since we was kids, and you fucking go this way. What I'm not as good as you now. Joe was like blood to me, dog. As good as fucking blood, you too. I would like to catch the motherfucker that did this. Oh, we will. Ain't no motherfucking doubt. Do the right fucking thing by Joe, yeah? So who fucking did it? It wasn't a cutting match, man. I would know about it. Unless you were high. Yeah, high. It wasn't B Street, Billy. It wasn't the hall. It wasn't any of those assholes. Yo, my sister said she saw some fucker in a suit down there. Just chilling. How many fuckers in a suit you ever see a Stokely fucking home? See, here's a comical thing. When one of us gets killed, we don't make the paper. But the son of a senior VP of Starfish Capital? Whoa, wait. Go talk to your sister. Nick gets ID'd by the sister, and they cut from that to Nick at the office. He is off on his way home, stopping to buy a new bandage because his hand starts bleeding again. It looks like he bought a lot of pain meds or a bunch of aspirin or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's chewing those down like they're nothing. He runs afoul of some of the thugs, and the main guy who just talked about how Joe was like his blood, more than his blood, ends up behind him with a gun, gets ready to pull the trigger execution style, but he turns around, smacks him with the briefcase, knocks the gun out of his hand, ends up fighting him off. Then the others start pursuing him, recklessly firing their guns in crowded streets just to try and get to Nick. This spawns a massive back alley chase and a whole shitload of gunplay in the same sequence. It even ends up going through a restaurant kitchen at some point where they have to break into the restaurant when Nick bars the door. And then they end up finally coming out to a parking garage when Nick asks directions as to where the street was because he knew his car was in that garage yeah and so nick starts setting off random car alarms because he bumps into one of them and he's doing this while climbing up the levels i think he's trying to get the thugs busy yeah so they don't know where to look for him specifically at he ends up working his way towards the top as the thugs all spread out and begins searching for nick as he makes it all the way to the top level once nick is at the top one of the thugs bust out of the stairs completely out of breath at the very top and starts looking for nick from the top down as they're looking for the bottom up and working each individual level. Nick ends up hiding down behind and underneath some cars and then drops down one of the levels till he sees the guy go past him and then he jumps into where he can get behind him and then uses the car lock beeping noise to get the drop on the thug and that's when they start fighting. Now at some point Nick knocks the gun loose and I think they're right by his car so Nick gets out a hockey stick. Was it his kid's hockey stick he takes out? I think so. Yeah and then he starts beating the ever-loving shit out of the guy with a hockey stick. He's going to get at least two minutes for high sticking in oh, this fight. Oh I mean big time man yeah. you're you're in the penalty box for this one. For the rest of the film he's going to be in the penalty box yeah. for unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean you just can't do that in the game. This is what's wrong with the game these days. <laughs> exactly. This is why it's so hard to give viewership. <laughs> I disagree. The more violence in hockey, the better. No, this is why it's so hard to get sponsors. I'm I just miss the you. days of the fucking enforcers, dude. I really miss <laughs> the days of the fucking enforcers. All right, so they fight in and out of a car. So they break a window of the car, and then the guy goes back and gets his gun, and then Nick jumps into the car after he unlocks it and slams the guy's head in it. And then the guy jumps in on top of <laughs> Nick in the car, and then they're fighting in a car and somehow end up making it to where the car starts rolling down the hill 
Bill. Who does this? Who gets into an altercation like this in a car? People who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Although it was kind of interesting to watch the guy trying to choke him out with the fucking seatbelt. That right? was kind of cool. All right. So as it's rolling down the hill slowly towards falling off the top level of the parking garage, Nick breaks free by kicking out the windshield and he crawls out just in time of the car as the car falls and one more of the thugs is dead. We now have two down. Nick breaks for his car and drives off out through the garage as the police arrive. Nick barely made it out and is justifiably freaked out when he gets a call. It turns out Nick's other son, who is still alive, is missing. The police are on Nick's trail as he has left a shitload of obvious clues, including a broken hockey stick everywhere in the parking garage where the dead body was left behind from the crashed car. They cut from this to Nick picks up his son, Luke, at the place where Brendan was killed, and that leads to our next clip. Luke, what the hell are you doing? Your mother's worried sick. Now get in the car. No. I said get in the car. No, I don't want to get in the car. Lucas, this is not a safe place. Yeah, I know that much, don't I? Would it have been better if it was me? Is that what it is? You guys get out of that a lot easier than losing Brad the Golden Boy. Luke, please get in the car. Come on. Luke, get in that goddamn car right now! Right now! Well... Jesus fucking Christ, if well, that's not heart-wrenching. That's a different form of Star Wars than I've ever heard before. <laughs> Luke in the car! Luke is very clearly suffering from survivor's guilt. Yeah. He really feels like he should have been the one to go, and I don't think his parents are helping because they're pretty much ignoring him in their grief. I mean, it's very human. I don't blame them for what's happening. There's, they really don't have control over this, but still, they're losing their remaining living son by being so transfixed on losing the son that they lost to the tragedy. Communication isn't big right now with the family. They really need to have a sit down. No, this is the part of the film that's very realistic and very heart-wrenching. Once you get past the initial overly dramatized funeral bits and the part where Brendan actually dies, this confrontation between the father and the son, this is very real. This is the kind of argument that I've had in my, with my father in a very similar situation. Okay. Not like a family member dying or anything, yeah. but like, I've had this kind of situation. I've had this kind of argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> being thrown to the ground because your father's so just like flustered with you that it's an accidental thing that happened. Mm -hmm. and then you just like freak out and you're just basically both at each other's wits end yeah i've so seen this happen and it felt so realistic and it would just fucking rip me right down the middle watching it again this time when nick returns his son to their home he is physically separated by a room to represent the emotional distance in his family once again this is what we were talking about where earlier you saw the son separated from the husband and wife or his parents yeah and in this part you see where nick has physically removed himself from the family unit Yes. Because he has emotionally distanced himself and this is all his fault. Yep. And so you actually see that separation. And I, like I said, it's another subtle little thing that they do, but I think it's actually one of the little pieces in the film that are actually pretty excellent. Yeah. The cut from this to the head thug roots through Nick's briefcase and finds his wallet. He puts on his brother's jacket and the thugs head out for a funeral home. And that leads us to... To our next clip. Memorial service is only another hundred. He doesn't need a service. Just burn him. How about you respect the bereaved's wishes or I'm burning you too? We'll make sure you get a service. Cremation and disposal, 700. Look, you see this wallet right here? This wallet's got 200 in it, and this 200 takes care of my boy. 200. Well, we're sorry for your loss. Yeah, I bet you are. 
You think of something? What the fuck are we all doing here? Maybe somebody's gonna tell me when you girls are planning to put a few minutes in on the perfectly good corner I gave you, huh? And now I get to read about gang wars. Dead pieces of shit. Because somebody had to kill a rich little way to make the fucking papers! I don't fucking need help like this. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. When you work for me, you fucking work for me. You don't in and out, you don't fucking half-ass. You fucking pay me! I say when you're done. And when I say that, one of you leaves a little shithole you live in after your morning needle on a pretty day, and you wake up bleeding to death in the trunk of my car, okay? Because when you're with me, I'm your life and your fucking death. I'm the fucking world on a cracker. So, which one of you boys is going to bleed to death in my trunk, huh? Vegan Billy Boy? Gang Lord? Huh? Whatever you little fucks think is important, ain't important. So stop it. Stop it right now. You're good boys. Buckle down for me. They're burning Joe, if you're interested. Well, he's the lucky one, ain't he? That wow. is a whole badass scene. I love that scene. Yeah, especially when you don't really know the reveal that they're we're not going to get yeah. away. Even though hopefully everybody's seen it by now and they know when they're listening to this. I just really love the dynamic that they set up in that scene. Once again, yet another. John Goodman's character in this is constantly dropping homophobic slurs. Uh, yes, he is. Like, I'm thinking the lady does John Goodman is such a fucking awesome actor. Yeah, no, he owns this fucking movie. Yeah. The reason that I bought the digital copy of this that I bought... Yeah. He's thinking about the scenes with him in it. He his owns portrayal. almost every movie he's in. I would say, yeah, he pretty much does. Yeah. He's yeah. just a really fucking excellent actor. He does a little cameo. He owns the movie. Yeah, really does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love John Goodman. Me too. In ways that I'm not ready to deal with. <laughs> I'm ready to deal with mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's your ass. All I'm saying. <laughs> uh, wanted to kind of go back for a moment. We were talking about it and I uh, just kind of washed over it, but there's a little motif of putting on a clothing article of a family member or a loved one that you've lost yeah. and they go to take care of Joe's funeral costs for the cremation he puts on Joe's coat oh yeah and that does kind of get mirrored later on in the film and that's also a thing that people do that I do know for a fact that you have something that reminds you of that particular person and maybe it's not something that a lot of other people know but an article of clothing that you can keep with you or wear that was once theirs I, I know for a fact that's something that happens I've done that with someone that I've lost so. I've done that yeah yep. you know <laughs> Even if it's just like a little stupid wristband or uh, like a ring or a fucking earring, a necklace, a hat. Yeah. A hat. Yeah, it's a, that's a good one, too. So whenever that happens and you see his brother's coat there and he's trying to get his shit together and then he picks it up and puts it on, that was another moment where I was like, I'm not crying, you're crying. Shut up, movie. Movie, why are you making me feel like this for a thug? <laughs> <laughs> they do an excellent job of taking these very obviously comic book villain guys and humanizing them. Yeah. So you end up feeling, well, the nihilism that happens up happening at the end of the film. We'll get there, but like you get hollowed out by this movie. It does it very intentionally. I didn't ever felt bad for him though you never felt bad for him no with the death of his brother and then seeing him here at the funeral home yeah he to me it seems like the guilt that's on his face when he's looking at his brother's coat he knows that it's his fault that his brother's dead the choices that he made and where he brought his brother into this they're still murderous bastards so no i don't i don't disagree with you yeah, there sorry but every murderous bastard is still a human being i guess he still has feelings he still feels guilty for what he's done and what he's caused for the death of his brother yeah but i don't feel bad that he feels those feelings 
<laughs> yes, this is me. You I, should feel those feelings. I'm not. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. What I'm saying is that I found myself sympathizing with him, and I hated the fact that I did it for that brief moment, seeing his grief there. Uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I gotcha. That's what I'm getting at. All right. So they fade to black from that clip, and they fade into Nick in his office, shaken up all to hell when one of the thugs pretends to be a courier and does it very, very badly, but gets into the elevator to head of security and makes it upstairs, causing all sorts of problems, shouting Nick's full name left and right, shoving people out of his way, knocking people over, and just being a general douchebag. He doesn't need to treat everybody else like this just because he's angry at Nick. Yeah, right. But as we said, these guys are comic book villains, so they have to be bad. Yeah, like every, they're, they're mad at everyone. Then he pushes a package at Nick's chest and then says something about this is going to be freedom, says that the whole family will be murdered, essentially, and the package, it turns out, is Nick's fucking briefcase, and when he takes out his wallet, a photo of his whole family pops out with the little red X's over their faces. Pretty obvious what's going to be happening there. Yeah. And then there is a number on the back of it. Nick calls that number, and that leads to our next clip. Where are you, you bastard? You want to send me a reward for finding that wallet of yours? You tell me where the fuck you are right now! No, I'll tell you where the fuck you are. You're at my end of the fucking sewer, buddy. I say who lives. I say who dies. Now you better get that through your fucking skull because there's no more warnings. I'm coming for some fucking family. No. You listen to me. You go near my family and I will cut out your goddamn guts like I did your fucking friend. Do you hear me? He wasn't my friend. He was my brother. And now I'm coming for the rest of your family. You just bought them a death sentence, motherfucker. Wait, wait. Don't! Fuck! 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 Nick, what's going on? Nick? Honey, are you okay? Is Luke okay? Yes, we're fine. All right, stay there. Keep Luke there. Do not go home, all right? Why? What's wrong? Just stay there until somebody comes. Promise me. Who's coming? The police. Honey, just stay there till the police get there and they go home. I'm on my way. Hey, can I have a Detective Wallace, please? Detective Wallace, give me Detective Wallace right now. Homicide, Mrs. Wallace. They threatened my family. Mr. Hume? Fucking trash! Threatened to kill my family! All right, where is your family right now? They're at school. Say Bartholomew. Just help us, please. Helen! Dad, what's going on? Nick! What's going on? Thank God you're here. Your son was a hockey player. Yes. Hmm. Look, Carl, stay here tonight. Now, Mr. Hume, I think it's time you told me exactly who did what to whom. You make war on the wrong dog? Hmm? That what you did? Thought you could just go kill some little asshole because you live all the way out here? What are you saying? What is she saying, Nick? I've done nothing wrong. Well, then why don't you tell me how you make Billy Darley this pissed off at you? You asked for my help. All right, all right, just stop. Just try to get through tonight, Mr. Hume, and be grateful you're still alive. But if you started a war, God help you. What have you done? How do I make it stop? Did you start it? Listen, I really don't care what happens to me. I just need them to be safe. Tell me how to stop this. Well, first off, do everything they tell you. Everything. And don't worry, Mr. Hume. We've put out an APB on Billy and his gang. 
Okay, so later that night, Nick's wife confronts him about him being a murdering bastard, but tells him she still loves him despite all of this. They embrace, and then she goes upstairs while he watches at the bottom of the stairs with a baseball bat. They hear a car horn going off in the distance when she tries to lay down to go to sleep, and Nick sees that the cops watching their house have been killed. I don't know if they're fully dead. Both their throats have been slashed, and they're not going to be very much help right now. No, they are They are having a bad time. Even if they pull through, they're not going to save Nick's family. No. He gets the drop on one of the thugs as the guy comes in the house and beats the living piss out of him with the baseball bat, barely escaping two to three shotgun blasts as he gets up the stairs from the other thug that was right behind the guy. He has a showdown with two of them in his bathroom, one of which he causes to fall down with a very cartoon rug yeah, pull pulls the bro- out from underneath the guy, which has him fall backwards and I'm guessing bash his head on the tile floor. Yes. Pretty much but putting him out of commission. Oh no, he was still riding around because then the other guy, when he shoves the door... I'm and- getting to that yeah, part. Okay. The other guy comes in and then he kicks the door and keeps him from being able to shoot Nick, but he causes him to shoot his friend in the fucking leg. Yes, that and leg will never be usable again. I would certainly hope not. That's a shotgun. That was pretty shredded, yeah. yeah. There's a whole lot of leg dismemberment in this movie. Yes, there is. Yeah. Okay, so the shot goes off and then he ends up wrestling the gun free from the other guy, but he ends up doing this spear-like run where he does a, a football spear into the second dude and he drives them both through the staircase. When I say through the staircase, I mean through the staircase. He goes through yes. both banisters. Oh man, right down to the bottom. Never really touches the, the staircase on either side, nope. right, right through both banisters, right it's down to the bottom of the... Yeah, and they're both severely incapacitated and in my notes I wrote this has to fuck them the hell up. Yeah. Neither one of them really gets up and moves a lot after no. that. No, that's, that's party over. The remaining thugs then drag his wife and son downstairs then the main bad guy Billy shoots his wife and son right in front of him not in that order but you know whatever yeah there's the part where when he shot I was like wow I expected this to get a lot more rapey before it was all said and done (laughs) he ain't there for that no yeah no he's there just for straight up murdering well and he looks at him too and he kills the son first yes so that the wife has to see that yeah and then that he has to watch his son get shot again and then he kills then he shoots his wife yeah and as this is happening Nick tries to charge at him to try and stop it but he's too far away he's too fucked up and he's moving too slow to do a goddamn thing about it he arrives just in time to have the head thug put a bullet in his fucking chest and once Nick falls down he's with the rest of the family they're all together in a pool of their collective blood as the thugs all leave cue once again that same sad alternative folk music as the camera spins around and around the family showing what Nick has wrought with his wrath as they sort of pull out it goes to black and then they cut all of a sudden to Nick waking up in the hospital and having a very serious trippy weird sequence you could tell that this was done by the guy who did the Saw movies <laughs> with that sequence the way it was lit and the way that I've never seen the, the Saw movies so you've never seesawed? No well now I guess I'm going to <laughs> eh. <laughs> they're not my favorite uh, but there's the, it's a franchise that just keeps growing so a full franchise fest at this point will never be done no you can't <laughs> it's like as soon as we do one of the fucking child's play they're just gonna make another one oh uh. <laughs> bastards. They drug him or they sedate him and then they bring him back down and then when he comes to again, that leads to our next clip. Can you turn that off? The monitor or your heart? I'll ask the doctor. This thing stops right now. God knows why you're still alive. But you're being given a second chance. You think that office is out there protecting you? He's protecting you from yourself. He'll haul your ass right to jail if I say so. 
You want your retribution and you kill a couple of punks and it bought you what? Huh? Everybody thinks they're right in a war. Everybody still died in the end. You were never gonna win this, Mr. Hume. Nobody is. I killed them. I killed my family. Well, your son's still alive. What? Barely. Where is he? Is he here? Where is he? Wait, hey, 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 come on. Wait a second now. Luke! Luke! Lucas! It's all right. Lucas! Let him go. Sir, you Where's need... my son? You need to get back to bed. Tell me where my son is. He's in room 206. Lukey? Luke? We're taking care of your son. Doctor? Luke? Doctor, it's okay. Just let him through. Is he gonna wake up? I can't say right now. It was never gonna balance. What did you say? The equation. Sometimes it's just chaos. That's all there is. I'd like a minute with him. Please. I'll be waiting. Hey, Lukey, can you hear me? Can you move your fingers? Son, just move your fingers if you can hear me. Luke, I know that um, you think that I didn't care about you as much as your brother. God, I don't know, maybe I didn't at first. You know, um, when your mom and I first had Brendan, he was just, he was so amazing to me, you know. He, he was like, he was like this miracle kid. And I always knew exactly what to expect with him. And then when you came along, I don't know, I, I kind of expected to... Uh, have another Brendan, you know? I expected you to be just like him, but, but, but you weren't. I mean, you were so different. He's different than him, different than me. He's just so much more, so much more like, like your mom, you know, stubborn and too much passion. Your mother, oh, she meant the world to me. And so do you. I just want you to know that I love you. I love you so much. I love your brother, I love your mother. I, I love our family. I'm so sorry that I wasn't a better father. I'm so sorry that I couldn't protect you guys. This is what revenge is. Ugh. This is exactly what revenge would get you. That was fucking heart-wrenching shit. Because I took out all of the sad, vaguely alternative exactly. funk music or folk music that's underneath it. Yes. And just let his let his dialogue play as what it is. Yeah, it fucking rips your heart out. Kevin Bacon is acting his ass off in that. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's exactly what revenge will fucking get you. Everything you care about will be destroyed by your vengeance. Well, what they say? Dig two graves, right? Yeah, well, in this case, dig a grave for everything you fucking care about. Yeah. Because that's exactly what's going to happen, you know? And I, I'm i pro-revenge. Yeah. <laughs> I very much am. I am all about an eye for an eye, and I know that this is exactly what will get me. I trust I think the Hail Ming guys know that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go a bit overboard. Yeah, man. <laughs> when you go blackout, you go blackout hard. <laughs> I go nuclear at the yeah. slightest provocation. This is why you can't be president. You cannot have my nacho. You motherfucker! Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, yeah, you wake up in the morning in that kind of mood. <laughs> I'm vengeance 24-7. And even I know that this is exactly what revenge will get you. Hey, is this my uh, actual pillow from my home here in the Lincoln bedroom? No, sir, we gave you new pillows. Fuck! <laughs> With this speech that Nick is giving, he clearly learns nothing from this pain that he's experiencing. He abandons the remaining family member that he has in the hope that he can keep at least one family member alive and well and climbs out of the window just as Lucas starts to come to having yep. his father actually connect with him, which is a little bit over melodramatic, but at the same time it works. 
Yeah. If this were a feel good, happy go lucky wannabe ending, mm-hmm. his son would come too. Yeah. And then like the police would go get the guys or some shit like that. And yeah. then he would our heroine. Heroine's a female. Yeah, I'm saying the female well, police the female officer. Police officer, yes. the heroine. Okay. Because she's kind she's of the kind main of the group. only the only good person in the movie yeah. is that police officer. She, she'd go Which pains me to guys. say, by the way. Uh. <laughs> Nick goes home, gets dressed, grabs his stuff, has someone track down the number on the back of the picture he takes out a huge amount of money and from the sound of it he drains both his checking and his savings and starts popping aspirin and gets the call to track down the bar that that call went to from the back of the picture he interrogates the bartender flashing a big stack of cash beating the fuck out of the guy hitting everybody else in the bar tries to find out where Billy is and where he can get a shitload of guns by the end of that this brings him to John Goodman's place and because it's john goodman our next clip thank you thank you help you i need guns i don't know you i came from the four roses i'm gonna guess you're a little bit far from home well don't let me smell fear on you fear is for the enemy fear and bullets lots of fucking bullets you got the bastard of bastards 357 for guaranteed head removal that's that's a sweetie you got your standard size 45 super size that's a fucking hungry man right there and you got the king of mayhem half cannon sword of justice Take this fucker to the Holy Land, start your own crusade. Any one of these is bound to make you feel better about what's bothering you. What about that one? This one? All right, I'll take this and these. That's three fucking grand worth of killing. You got three grand worth of killing to do? There's five. Well, that makes you a preferred custom. I'm going to give you some accessories because you got a thing about you. You have got a killing thing about you. You surely do. You the motherfucker after my son, Billy? He's your son. That'd make you the motherfucker killed Joe, that right? You killed my youngest. Now you're after Billy, yeah? Yeah. I'm after him. Well, Billy's no damn doing of mine. Anything he did's no damn doing of mine. So... Somebody needs to make somebody pay for something to make themselves feel better. Billy'd be the one to pay. Kill the little piss pants. See if it makes a damn day's difference to me. Dad to dad. Don't tell me about it. Just go do it. Lord knows I've been patient. And you're a cash fucking customer. But you think about asking me where Billy is. I'll kill you. Go your way now. Go with God bag full of guns so john goodman's character is father of the fucking For, year first time watching this i swear i thought he said go with god a bag full of gods and i thought that was so but it was his accent i know he's saying guns but that'd have been such a cool i could go god a bag full of gods <laughs> guns are better than gods they Damn. exist oh <laughs> <laughs> horrible
terrible. Although gods are much more destructible because gods tell people with guns what to do in their own fucking heads. Calm down. Truth bombs. You don't like it. No, not truth bombs. Your <laughs> truth bombs. <laughs> it's only true in your head, Court. Yeah. I don't want to hear all the scientific evidence that points to the fact that there are no gods. <laughs> don't tell me about that. Oh, I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called faith <laughs> yeah faith is what you have when the lack of all evidence is everything you want that's right <laughs> all right so this prompts a sequence where nick learns to load and use the five grand worth of killing he says three grand worth of killing you should have just gave him the three grand why give him an extra two i don't think he's saying he's gonna live through this well, yeah but you know he could have said i'll give you four grand and you give me all the bullets that i can carry you know? yeah fine but he does load them up with all these manuals and all the bullets. Yeah, he, he gives them extras kind of stuff. And he figures out after loading them up with all the stuff and giving them all the money that he's going to go kill his son. And then he goes and sells them all this shit anyway. Which he's is a businessman. Which is why he's father of the year. He's like, you're a cash fucking customer. So you keep coming back and buying guns. I'm fine with that. But don't ask me where my son is or I'll kill you. <laughs> so he has a little bit of fatherliness in him, but not a whole lot. Well, he's pissed. I mean, the reason this whole mess is happening is because his goddamn son killed that kid. Yeah. And it just keeps going. It's a cyclical thing and the speech that he gives there where he's like some motherfucker wants to kill some motherfucker over something that happened to make him feel better about what happened yeah you know, like that that whole statement is just the absolute truth of what revenge really is it really is you can't move on that something happened and you were powerless to stop it so therefore you have to go kill somebody for it exactly yeah all right so he figures out how to utilize this five grand worth of killing and then he removes his head bandage and starts shaving his head although we have this sequence where sometimes the head bandages back on and then he's wrapping up his ribs again and then we see him where he's shaving his head once again and he's shaving what's left of his hair off as this is happening and then he's rebandaging his ribs with his head bandages back on but then he's back to shaving his head again this sequence makes no sense that does yeah. no real order no it's, it's jumping all over the place and it's like okay i get what you want to do got lazy you want to do a fucking prepping montage but quit jumping around with it in time well, it was a lazy prepping montage <laughs> it really was yeah but bacon does sell it as well as he possibly can for what's happening there. It just wasn't edited very well. Now, once he gets through getting all of this stuff done with rebandaging the ribs, practicing with the guns and getting all of that shit taken care of, he rummages through a box of Brendan's stuff and then he ends up grabbing his son's coat, which is mirroring the scene that we saw with Billy earlier when he put on his brother Joe's coat. You notice that? Yes. Once again, another one of those little subtle things. This film is driving a very serious point home where by the end of this, they are the same person. Yeah. Both Nick and and Billy are exactly the same. Well, and you, you come to realize that here coming up. Yeah. Well, they really drive it home. They yeah. make it they make it so fucking obvious. It's like you really didn't need to do that. Anyway, he loads up, suits up, and is off to do the five grand worth of killing that he has just spent. But then again, he's down by about another like what, five or six more, just based on how much he gave the bartender to get information. Probably. <laughs> and then think of on the medical bills. <laughs> he ain't gonna have to pay those, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, so he he finds the shithole that the main junkie drug addict fuckhole is at that the bartender told him where it was and he blows a hole in the door with the shotgun he then shoots the guy's gun off of the fucking table tells his lady friend sure I, good enough i was i was thinking she might possibly just be a hooker that's also a junkie and is hanging out for the junk probably that yeah i mean i don't want to just pigeonhole all junkies into also being prostitutes but uh kind of a thing yeah it's it's a thing it's it's a thing. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, David. Well, anyway, he starts interrogating 
that Junkie finds out where the gang hangs out and forces the Junkie to call Billy and then murders him on the phone while Billy is listening. That shit. John Goodman's character shows up shortly after this, and because it's John Goodman, it is also our next clip. Yes! Well, what are we fucking up tonight, son? What the fuck do you want now? Look like you're in a fucking hurry. You know how much I gotta wipe your fucking nose? I gotta get some Fortune 500 off my back by telling him he can fucking have you. You think I enjoy that? What you don't get is, I care about what happens to you because it can fucking hurt me. Now, do you need any more fucking instructions? No thanks, Dan. I'm taking the car. Well. Bye, John Goodman. Yeah. John Goodman has now left the film. With this, both men grab the car of the man they just murdered and head out. That is insane. (laughs) Nick plows through the fence that is surrounding the abandoned hospital and ends up going at such a speed. He shears the van of the guard in half. I'm assuming that he kills the guard that's in the van as well. I believe so. Because the way he hit it and the way that van spun around, I'm pretty sure that guy, if he lived, he ain't happy. No. Nor is he probably going to He's not going to have a great weekend. Yeah, nor the rest of his life. He blows off the leg of the first guy that he runs into. Once again, this film sure likes to damage legs with shotguns. Yep. Then puts a two-foot hole in that guy's chest while he's bouncing around, shocked that one of his legs got blown away. He chases down another guy, blindly firing in what I think is a meth lab, like a jackass. He catches up to the guy and shoots him. Depressive fire! (laughs) Thank you, Cyril. (laughs) He catches up to the guy and shoots him out of a window. Two guys get the drop on him, so there is a further meth lab shootout. Bunch of fucking idiots. Jesus Christ, guys. As they chase him up the stairs, the main bad guy shows up as Nick Duck's at a section at the top of the stairs to go hide. A little cat and mouse ensues as Nick lurks around looking to get the drop on one of the two guys. They are on opposite sides of a wall and Nick sees the guy's shadow after he turns to aim at him when Nick steps on some glass and makes a noise. And it just so happens to be just in time, once again, sheer dumb luck, for Nick to duck out of the way of that guy's shot and then fire a hole into the wall, which then blows the drywall and the shot in through the back uh, out through the back of the thug all in one nice shot it's pretty yeah lots of guts lots of blood lots of happy times for court now there are only two guys left nick drops the shotgun i'm hoping it's because he's out of shells not because he was trying to look like a badass and checks the 45 stalking the place for the last two bad guys. Main baddie gets the drop on him and shoots him in the back in the chapel. Then Nick shoots off the fingers on the main guy Billy's gun hand and is then shot in the throat from behind by the remaining henchman thug. Nick spins around and gets that dude straight in the brain pan. Top of his head blows out of his beanie cab. That was kind of cool. That was nice. And the main bad guys tries to shoot him with his remaining good hand, causing Nick to unload the 45 on him. Neither one of these guys got a whole lot of good shots in. They were just shooting like crazy trying to kill the other guy with blind hate. Yes. That's what they were hoping on. Both men end up, both men end up full of bullets. Nick falls down on the pew and the main bad guy fires two more shots, misses both of them before running out of bullets and then falls onto the pew right next to Nick. And that leads to our final clip. Look at you. You look like one of us. Look what I made you. 
And as we had already mentioned earlier, that's the point that this film is trying to drive home. They are now the exact same human being. They've turned him into them. We don't see Nick kill the last main bad guy as this means absolutely nothing anymore anyway. We're all pretty much hollowed out by this experience. We realize the nihilism of revenge, that there is nothing gained and Nick has won nothing. There is nothing to celebrate here. We then see Nick stumbling out of the abandoned hospital, jumping into a car and driving driving home to the tune of that sad alterna folk rock style music and the police sirens in the background. He turns on the family videos and then the cop tells Nick his son may just pull through that he began moving the minute Nick left. Nick closes his eyes and I'm pretty sure he dies right there. The last shot of the film is Nick's extremely happy family to drive home the point of everything that Nick has just lost in that old school family video. Roll credits. All right, so we're not going to do an age limit on this because I'm pretty sure that no kid should really watch this. Yeah, no, they should not. Uh, I would not let my now 13-year-olds watch that. Eh, maybe 14, 15, maybe, you know. But this shouldn't be their first tale of revenge anyway. Although it is a good lesson to be learned because, I, I don't know, I think the film does drive the point home, but I think it's actually pretty effective. Yeah. Revenge brings nothing for Nick. There's no happiness. There's no peace. Nope. All he does is just lose more and more because of his and drive to try and get revenge. A a mother, a brother. So you're convinced that Nick Lay's is dying there too. I think he's not so. coming back. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not going to get a death sentence to deathier. <laughs> death sentence two. The sentence is even deather. <laughs> death sentence two. This time it'll stick. Death sentence two. Now it's a death paragraph. Death sentence two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, the film gets really heavy handed in certain parts. Yeah. The music choices that James Wan makes as a director for instead of doing scoring adding the vaguely alternative folk and the, the semi badass bluesy rock and stuff like that it's a little frustrating in points but overall the film is actually quite good I do enjoy it I wouldn't have bought it if I didn't yeah and I think the thing that carries it is Kevin Bacon's performance and John Goodman's performance I agree I think they could have fleshed out the bad guys a little bit more yeah make it one of those things where the initiation wasn't something that the brother wanted his little brother to have to do it was the call of the top dog yeah maybe something like that like that kind kind of drive to where you can add a little bit more complexity some pathos to the characters something a yeah. little bit more to where the regret of what's happening with Joe maybe not tattoo their cars no they can still tattoo their cars <laughs> they can be obviously bad guys but like you know flesh them out a little bit more and not so cartoony yeah um, a lot of the stuff we already kind of talked about I think it's mostly the musical choices I think they undercut the emotional things that the actors are actually trying to do mm -hmm. I can see where if you don't have actors that are doing a convincing job then you you know let the music do what it's supposed but to the do actors are fine. Yeah. Hashtag Travolta's beard sold her grief so yeah. well and they didn't need to do the music over top of it. Exactly. Yeah. Overall though, it's a really good film. It's definitely worth a watch. It's, it's worth a watch. Yeah. I, w I wouldn't necessarily call it entertaining, but it's not. If you're ever considering going out and getting revenge for things, maybe take a look at this film. And, yeah. And, it might not work out for you so yeah, well. Just, you know, make sure that you dig one grave for everything that you care about when you're going for revenge, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's the one thing this film drives home really well. Alright, why don't we take a little break here and we'll play a promo for another podcast we'll have a little bit of music and when we come back we will do some further psyop news do you desire to add yet another entry in the endless legion of film review podcasts to your playlist can you not stand the thought of having any moment of your dull pointless waking life intruded upon with the sounds from the real world and would prefer to listen to a small cast of assholes talk about movies 
then... They must be destroyed on sight! ...probably meets your bare minimum requirements. Join Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest hosts as they talk about films from every genre, ranging from the obscure and schlocky to the well-known top-dollar classics. Look for... They must be destroyed on sight! ...on iTunes... Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. That's... They must be destroyed on sight! Now that's how you get revenge, Matt. Yeah, right? You shoot first and run, run like, like hell. hell. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you all loaded and ready to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So then fire off some Psyop News. out of the Irish Times. The Irish Times? Yeah. That's an actual newspaper? Yeah. <laughs> Woman shouted, quote, if you can't beat them, eat them, end quote, after biting police detective. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. She actually yelled if, that if before? If you can't beat them, after biting them. After. If you can't beat them, eat them. Did she go back in for another bite after that? That's what I Well, here you go. Young woman shouted, if you can't beat them, eat them after she bit a detective in a Garda station. Megan McQuaid, 18, was arrested after she was involved in a traffic accident in Barnsmore. If you, if you want, you want fear a fear boner. That, right? <laughs> All me's. Miss <laughs> McQuaid of Meadowbank Avenue, Strand Road, Derry, was found by a Garda standing in the middle of the road and was shouting and striking out at emergency services. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Right? She was a passenger in a car, but was unhurt. She was taken by ambulance to the hospital, but had to be accompanied because of her behavior. She was physically aggressive to hospital staff and was arrested for public order offenses and taken to the Garda station. As she was being released into the care of her grandmother when leaving the letter Kenny Garda station, she sank her teeth into the chest of a female Garda. Whoa, what? Yeah. This bitch is crazy. As she did so, she said it, if you can't beat them, eat them. Mm, Corpse fucking. Broke the skin. (laughs) I'm going to shove the... uh... Uh, porno magazine broke through two throat? layers of clothing and broke the skin of the Garda, wow. causing her severe bruising. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a fear boner. So I guess the new motto is, if you can't beat them, eat them. It's going to cost you some serious cock. <laughs> 
<laughs> I found the one with the guy's head in the vagina. Yeah, let's do that one. All right. <laughs> Afraid of vaginas? <laughs> Are you? Are you uh, yeah. After you read this, I might be. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. I'm pretty sure it was. That That, that would keep you safer. Vaginas safe sex with a dead thing. Oh, that might. That Yeah. I'm homosexual. I'm so scared <laughs> and the only cure for it is semen. How dare you, sir. Who in the fuck took my paper clips? <laughs> I hate that. Couple hospitalized after man gets his head stuck in his wife's vagina. Afraid of vaginas? He is now. Yeah. Couple was transported to the hospital in a very awkward position last night after a man somehow got his head stuck in his wife's vagina during a strange sexual game. Serious cock. Tom and Janice Morrison, a young couple from the small town of Greensboro in Alabama, called 911 around 10 p.m. It's in Alabama? Yeah. I hate that! Right? Not just because it's in Alabama. That just, I'm shocked. Samantha Irving, the operator who took the call, said she thought it was a joke when he explained the situation. The woman told me that her husband had fallen. (laughs) A little gun shy there. Yeah, right. The woman told me that her husband had fallen and that his head was now stuck in her vaginal cavity. Afraid of vaginas? He will be now. I really thought that it was a group of teenagers making a prank call. Will you play with this razor blade while I just sit over here? Despite the doubt, she sent an ambulance onto the site and the paramedics rapidly realized that the situation was in fact very serious. It's like a sprinkler going off. <laughs> Bill Austin, one of the paramedics who transported the couple, claims they were lying naked on their bed and partially covered in blood. Holy fuck. Listen, man, some of these guys just might be into fisting cows. The ER guys? <laughs> Why would you even say that about the EMTs? I don't know. The woman kept screaming out in pain whenever the guy moved, but he had half his face buried in there and he looked like he was going through hell. Afraid of vaginas? He is now. Oh, <laughs> The couple was transported to the nearby Hale County Hospital, where doctors were able to separate the couple. Miss Morrison suffered from severe internal bleeding, but is now stable, while her husband has suffered only a few scratches and bruises. It's a thing. According to doctors, both could also suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome. That's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. Thank you, it's Dave. It's going to cost you some serious cock. Probably. Incidents like this are indeed quite unusual, but hundreds of couples are admitted to the hospital every year in the U.S. after getting stuck together during sexual intercourse. And everyone will be coming on my face. Oof. Every no. single one of those people? I guess. And everyone will be coming on my face. God damn it. When did you get that one? I forget. <laughs> during, during stitches, dude. That's right. Yeah. Motherfuck. Are you still with us, Jake? Jake, you still there? Still there, buddy. Hey, Jake, you mad? It's gonna be okay, Jake. You mad, bro? You know what I really feel really bad for is if he's like listening to this podcast, like and like he's going to sleep. It's like ah, <laughs> I want I want to hear something just while I go to sleep. So he yeah. throws out, let's say he's already listened to this episode. He goes, "I've already listened to the episode. It'll be good background noise." I'll and just finish right, up the news right when he's dead. Yeah. It is that right, right, right before he falls asleep, takes <laughs> awake for the next three hours, cursing our names. Ah, it could be worse. The thunder sound of my balls slapping against you is going to cause a noise. Just have to get used to it. That's I, true. I find that far more disturbing. Fuck <laughs> him! I don't want to. Stop it. I think I just don't want to close out the show. I know, you really don't. Yeah. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Well, that's probably why I'm sore. Can we just cap this off so I can go to bed? <laughs> cap this off? Yeah. I've had seven dicks inside of me. Son uh, of a bitch. Yeah? Listen, I've had seven dicks inside of me. Listen, man. I've had seven dicks inside of me. Listen, man. Listen, I'm taking another dick. Listen, I've had seven dicks inside of me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is why I'll get raptured, not Fuck! you. 
I'm going through my hell being your friend. Hey, bro, I can't get it up. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> what, what, why, why are you telling me that? I'm going to lick the assholes of every podcaster I know that I dig. <laughs> well, yeah. Some of them wanted to meet me. Yeah, well, so yeah. I know if they heard that. Yeah. They're like, do you prefer syrup? <laughs> do you prefer it clean or a little swampy? And then Matt's response is, you want to do a little ass play? I'm like, you're not a podcaster, I dig. <laughs> and then he's like looking at me with those bedroom eyes, and I'm all like, this is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> and with that, we're going to play a little promo for another <laughs> podcast. We're going to take a little break here. We'll have a little bit of music, and we'll close out this delirious show. Are you sick of the same old stale podcast? Well, then join Vanessa and David as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes, and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be contagious. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. If you need help, see a doctor. We got to get going here. I got $7.50 worth of killing to do. All right. And all I can afford is some fucking razor blades. So it's going to be a lot of work on my side. You can find us, folks, on the Legion Podcast Network. That's legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can find our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops. Join up. Look at all the crazy fucked up shit. Post some of the news that you find out there that's also most crazy and fucked up shit. Maybe Matt will even read it on the air for you if we get the time. Probably. And don't forget the alternative photography, folks. We absolutely love it. You're all a bunch of mad bastards. You can find me, Court Psyops, on Facebook. You can find Matt as Matt Psyop. He's that plank that says brutal because he's terrified to show you his real face. And trust me, I've seen it. It's probably a good thing. You guys will stop listening. <laughs> you can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Let him have the email which you want the news read directly. He may check it someday. I don't know. You can email feedback I to check court. it every day. You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Send him your tallies of how much money you've had in killing. Has it been higher than $7.50? That's all I can afford. 
You can find Court on Twitter. You can find Matt on Twitter and tweet a couple of tweets till a couple of twats. I can afford about three fifty. Three fifty worth of killing. Yep. <laughs> the damn Sasquatch keeps showing up and it's asking me for three fifty. That Loch Ness monster. <laughs> I'm at Court underscore Psyop. Matt is at Psyop. Matt, we've got about. Oh, one minute left in the song here. So everybody, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. neck beard can't handle that kind of stuff <laughs> oh your neck beard I love it alright let's see here where was I before we got sidetracked with having fun and not doing our work <laughs> not, not talking about this goddamn movie more than most of my American brothers for fuck's sakes we're gonna need them because yes. we're gonna need a place to stay I know when shit goes when shit goes all handmaiden's tail we're gonna have to run to fucking Canada well we'll be fine if it goes all handmaiden's tail yeah but I'm not gonna feel good about living here if it goes all handmaiden's tail that's gonna be weird as shit <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hate it because of all the religiosity bullshit but uh, the subjugation of women sure why not <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking joke I, I think my heart just palpitated <laughs> <laughs> it's, as, it's as if I can feel the screams of a million women coming after you right now. Oh, come on. I didn't fucking mean that. I just wanted to make the joke. I know. I know of course. That's course. the thing. How do you, how do, you do Did I go pale? You did. But how do you do inappropriate humor without being inappropriate? Yeah, you're always going to be inappropriate. I mean, come on. It's, oh. it's a joke. Leave it alone. Just watching that fucking show. Oh, it boils your blood, man. Make me fucking physically oh, ill. Yeah. My wife is like, sack up, son. We're going to keep watching this. My, my wife, my wife looked at me and she goes, "If you don't like it, go to go to your basement, go play video games." And yeah. I'm like, "If you're if you're not I'm man like, enough fine. to handle this tale of what's happening to women, like, you go somewhere else and pretend like you're I'm tough." Very much. I could play play Battlefront. Going, fuck you, Rebel Scum! I'm man enough. <laughs> Maybe I can't watch Handmaid's Tale, but goddammit, I can play video games. Goddammit, I can hit a two meter shot. Anything but talking about the movie. Yeah. I can feel it already. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> goddamn, I, especially what we're coming up to here. Yeah. I'll kick a baby. I don't fucking care. I'll say it again. I'll kick a baby. And this is why you're not going to get raptured. <laughs> you know what? If I have to go to heaven and be around assholes that think that they deserve to be raptured, then fine. I'd rather stay here and but suffer it out. Here's the thing. You won't be with any of those people. That really, you'll be in your own personal heaven, whatever that is. That's not how it works, dude. That's definitely how it works. You're not going to be sitting there hanging out with any of the people you know or don't know. <laughs> That's definitely how it works. <laughs> That's how it works in your head. No, I'm just saying, like, even I can tell what if you're he's older, doing the bad thing. Oh, yeah. What if his older cat, what if your older cat was really good at hockey? And 
<laughs> all right, let's just get out of this analogy because neither cat is going to be all that great at hockey. No, I mean, it's a fucking cat. <laughs> just, just sit there and lick the ice. <laughs> get their tongue stuck to it. Yeah. wonder what the fuck's going on. They'll get an ice headache and make this weird face. <laughs> just coughed up a lung. Yummy. I have it. <laughs> Hooky mouth. And we're out.